Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 138. With Cipriani on the outs and Brad Shields injured, has every man Alex Don Brand done enough to earn a World Cup call-up? You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another weekly instalment. Uh, I'm joined, of course, as always, by Dan. Hi, mate. I don't think we've missed a week, mate. We haven't. We're doing well. Just. We, we've had a few close calls, but we are sticking to our schedule. And um, it's, it's paying off. Uh, you know, Obviously, it's it's not us. It's it's the people that tune in to listen to us. But, um, you know, we're having, we're having really good kind of results coming through in terms of the amount of engagement we're getting, the people who are, who are tuning in, you know, that we're getting loads more reviews, which is great. Um, there's a couple to read out today, which I'll do shortly. Um, and Apple have just introduced, not that anyone's that bothered in, or that interested, but <laughs> Apple have just introduced new uh, kind of tags for the type of podcast that we're doing. So once I get that all set up, it will enable us to see how we're doing against all the other rugby podcasts specifically, which will be interesting I, to see. I- I can't imagine we're one of the top ones if we're uh, if we're well, honest with ourselves. No, probably. Well, I don't know, mate. We uh, we 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 hold our own in the uh, in the general professional sports arena. I.e., that not not we're professionals, but the sport we're talking about is. Um, so you know, if we can, and that's obviously going up against football and cricket and golf and everything else that's out there. So if we can uh, find out how we're doing just in the rugby space, that would be uh, it'd be interesting. But uh, but you know, it's because of you guys tuning in and listening to us and uh, you know making it worthwhile to keep this going. So uh, big thanks to all of you guys. Um, speaking of which, as I say, a couple more reviews. So uh, one's an email. Uh, he says it's from David Stockwell. Uh, he says, Andy, Dan, as always, great podcast. I'm still following along each week, even despite the Love Island revelation. Although I read <laughs> recently that the England boys watch it together as, as as sort of a team bonding. So maybe it's fine after all. Um, I can't figure out how to rate or review on Google Podcasts. But if I could, I'd of course give you a solid three stars. I know there's been a lot. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of talk on the pod about Cipriani over the last few months, and you probably don't want to have to have to continually revisit it. We will. But as it looks like he's been dropped now, I thought I'd throw my two cents in. If I was picking the squad, he'd absolutely be going, but I kind of get why Eddie isn't taking him. Over the last couple of Six Nations, it's been pretty clear that England are all about kicking for territory. It's been Farrell's go-to for a while, and Young's box kicking just serves to back it up. If the plan is to kick the territory and then use our uh, monstrous defence high up high up the pitch to eventually force a line out from an attacking position um, that the likes of Manu can run off, then I get it. Cipriani's a ball player that will get the team running with ball in hand and that doesn't seem to match up with what England are doing at the moment. Stylistically, I'm not really a fan. I'd like to see uh, Manu, sorry, Mako, George and Sinclair tearing it up in the loose with Manu uh, off their shoulders and daily picking running lines from the back. I just don't think that's the game plan we're going with. It seems to be more about forcing set plays that have been rehearsed on the training ground. I hope I'm wrong. Very interested to hear your thoughts on it all. Best hurry up and make the next pod. FYI, just joking about the three stars, it would of course be five. Best, Dave. Nice, I like that one. Yeah, good. So, I mean, it's... so that was interesting. There were some really interesting points there, and it, and it probably leads nicely on to because obviously one of the big things we need to talk about is what's happened with Danny Cipriani. You know, we've been talking 
we, we've been talking him up. Uh, obviously, there's been this big debate, will he, won't he get into the training squad? Uh, he did get in. He's now been dropped. We said last week, anyone not going to Treviso is probably out of the running. What do you think? Is, is he is he is he out of the running? Yeah, he is. Um, so the one thing I've got about it, like let, let's be realistic about it, you're not being left behind if you're going as part of a World Cup squad, are you? I don't think you can. I, not not when not when the whole point of the Treviso training camp is to kind of acclimatise to the sort of conditions that they expect to see in Japan. It, it would be it would be nuts to say. You know, I know up until now he's kind of gone like, oh, you know, certain players need to focus on certain things, but I don't think any of them don't need to acclimatise. Yeah, it, so, it, yeah, it, I think that's it, why we said last week, didn't we, that it's um, it's a it's a big kind of factor in in what we think is going to happen, tenth of August or whenever it is that he's announcing the the official squad. So I want I want him there, but there's also part of me I don't think Eddie's like as much as people. Give it some. I don't think Eddie is actually like a petty man or anything. Eddie's brought Danny Cipriani into the squad. He's clearly not seen. There's clearly something that's missing that he wanted to see. Hence, he was sent away for the training. And I, I have no idea what that is because when he plays for Gloucester, he looks like he's pretty much a full package to me. But I think he's been given his chance. Eddie, there's something missing that Eddie wanted to see. And Eddie's like, look, I'm, I'm not seeing it. You may come back later. I. I'm not like pissed off. I don't think he's been completely mugged off. I think he has been given a chance. I, I agree with you, mate. I think uh, you know. I think what we've been what we've been saying, what we've been calling for for the last few months, is that he gets his shot. You know, he's earned his his right to to have a to have a shot at proving that he's the man for the job or one of them. Um, and he got that. He he was called up. Now he he hasn't stayed. I agree with you. I don't think. I don't think it's a petty thing. Eddie Jones, there's no question. Eddie Jones wants to win the World Cup. It's what he said that he's going to come here and do. Why would he do do anything to jeopardise that? Uh, if you know he, he's going to do what he genuinely believes is the is what is necessary for England to win the World Cup. He's not going to leave someone out who he who he potentially needs to do that just because he's stubborn. Um, so yeah, you're right. Something something isn't clicking for him. Um, you know, we had a long debate. A few weeks back, um, I think following somebody's review, you know, about not forgetting the fact that George Ford has had this incredible season despite playing for Leicester, who have had an awful season. You know, that just highlights even more what he's capable of doing, particularly if England find themselves under the cosh. Um, So, you know, it's looking obviously like Farrell Ford are the two and and it's looking like he's only going to take two. I'm okay, you know, if that's the decision that he's made, I'm okay with it because because I feel like, you know, he's been given his shot and he he obviously hasn't done enough. Yeah, I I mean I, we had a we had another review and uh, because it's on the same topic, um it was from Wade again, our old friend Wade. Uh the the five stars like have it, remained. <laughs> the five stars have remained, but he says, "Guys, Hope you're well. So annoyed I could whack the mad uncle in the attic. So this will be a short. This will be short. Sippers not going to Japan. Short-sighted, weak management, closed shop. The man's a loon. Discuss. Uh, so Eddie's got a game plan in mind. I, I think the problem is what what I'm finding quite interesting, and Eddie is clearly keeping them completely on their toes. Like no one's safe. No one knows. 
I think that's either genius or destructive. And I don't think we'll know until the last minute. Part of me thinks it's quite genius because it will just constantly keep them on their toes, constantly keep them um, sort of on edge, you know, really focused and going for it. Because there are some decisions that just seem, wow, what's going on? But Eddie, I think, clearly has a plan. Well, this is it, isn't it? It feels quite scientific. It feels like he's kind of got a formula for winning a World Cup. Um, I hope, obviously, that don't eat my words, but, you know, we have faith, obviously. Um, but it feels like, yeah, he's got this formula and he's just plugging all the different parts in. And it's and it's sort of like, if you've got all the parts, then then the results kind of create themselves. Um, and it's interesting because it's, it's a different approach. You haven't really seen that, certainly not, not you know, in an England camp before. Um, but, I, you know, I think you have to look at not just the last, well, the last few results have been mixed, but, you know, not, don't look at the last result. Look at Eddie Jones since he took over. And, I'm, you know, there'll be people that will say, yeah, but he's only good for a season and a half. And, you know, and then he, and then it all gets too much. And he has a history of this being the case. But I don't know. I don't think these boys uh, feel like he's not the man for the job. I think he knows exactly what he wants out of his players. And he goes about getting it in his way. And he's been around long enough that they know what that is. And, I mean, w- w- would you put it past Eddie Jones to have basically told the world that Danny Cipriani is out and then just to call him up at the last minute? Almost like a sort of, no one pre- no one planned for this. I, I, don't, I don't think that'll happen. I don't either, but I still wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he's... I, I, like I, when I he don't... said that Farrell was injured and it turns out that Farrell wasn't injured. He just you know, caught a nail or something. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I don't think he's playing games. I, th- I think he's just like... Fuck you! I don't need to tell you what I'm doing, which it, it doesn't. It'd be nice to know as fans because I'm interested, but but we don't want the rest of the world to know. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's no exactly. way you can tell the English fans without everyone else finding out. So he's, you know, he's keeping keeping his cards close to his chest, which is which is good. You know, just before a World Cup. You know, and do, I, do I suspect a lot of the players don't necessarily know at all. But uh, you know, I think it's I do think it's important important to 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 maintain that idea that you know you're not safe until you're there you're not safe until you're on that pitch playing that game you know that there that's how much strength and depth exists and and unless you can prove right up until you know the 80th minute or the 110th minute if it goes to extra time um <laughs> that you know you're absolutely giving 110 percent, then there's someone else who could step in and maybe give more uh, i think when you have teams that you know, are all about the bonding, and uh, you know, and, and and it's just about this this kind of close knit group, and they're going to do it for one another and all this sort of stuff. That's all not that's all well and good, but if it doesn't go to plan, don't give yourselves a slap on the back and go, "Oh, well done, lads." At least we at least we did it together. You know, we want to get it right, and and I I guess this is the first time it really feels like the players are being told you've got a job to do. You're getting paid a lot of money to do it, and if you don't do it, we'll find someone who will. Will that? Will that be a bad thing? I don't know. It, it's certainly a different thing. Yeah, it's weird. There's because there's part of me because the, the England guys and like let's not hide behind this. There's a few times where they've folded. So mm-hmm. it, I wonder if this is part of that plan to like just keep them on edge, keep them constantly. Because when when it comes down to it in the I don't know in the seventy fifth minute when you're five points down against God forbid the Welsh or something. They they've been through this adversity. They're they're calmer with it. They're used to it, 
and they can like as uh sir clive used to call it teacup think calmly under pressure yeah um and so I, I i wonder if it's part of that but equally i i personally would have danny cipriani but i'm not like i'm just like Look, uh, here's the thing danny if you took danny cipriani he is as um uh, david mentioned in his in his email to us danny cipriani is a completely different player to to your alternatives right um if you take him along and you start him on the bench, because let's be honest, you're going to start Farrell. Yeah. You're, you're bringing on someone who has the potential to, to create magic, but he also has the potential to completely blow up. You know, that he doesn't often have okay get Like, he doesn't often have just, just, just good solid games. You know, it's he can produce that moment of magic, but he can also cause that moment of whatever the opposite of magic is. Um, you know, in a George Ford, you know what you're getting, and and George, you know, look, and as we keep saying, looking at the season that's just been, you know, George Ford clearly knows how to handle being on the back foot, and it's only really if you're on the back foot that you're looking to create the, these changes in a knockout World Cup where it's not about you know how much you score. Well, obviously it is, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, does does that just mean that George Ford is the safer option if you're only taking two? And and let's be honest, you're not going to have three fly fly halves involved in your twenty three. So you could take Danny Cipriani, and then potentially never select him in the twenty three, because you always want to start with Owen Farrell, and in the event of a problem, you want the safe hands of your George Ford, who's got the experience of of you know playing on the back foot. Like, at what point do you select Danny Cipriani if you take him to the World Cup? Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess the counter-argument to that is, and God forbid, if you're ever properly in the shit and you just need to pull something out your arse. But, like, but can you afford to go into a game thinking that that might happen? Or, well, exactly. Know, or, or use up one of your few substitution uh, you know, spaces on a player who you only want to use really in the event of a disaster? You kind of have to say, look, it's a World Cup. We back ourselves not just to perform, but to win it. And therefore, we're going into it going, we're not going to be in a situation where we need to produce some piece of magic out of nowhere just to save the day. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's great if it happens. Uh, and when someone like a Danny Cipriani can pull off that move that, that just you know results in that, it's, it's easy for us all to kind of cheer and say, you know, wow, you know, he's got to be involved. He's amazing. But I just, I don't... Yeah, I, I would struggle to know when, you know, other other than in hindsight, I, I would struggle to know when picking him or putting him on the bench is the right call. So so, so I agree. And it's interesting because if you look at, and again, I'm going to hop back to 2003. So if you look at Clive Woodward, he didn't make that choice. In actual fact, so the one player who probably had that complete wow factor was Simbad, James Simpson Daniel, and he didn't make the squad uh, Clive Clive Woodward went for probably the more conventional. So, so what you're saying, I, I I think completely get you've got left going and you've got to back yourself. I mean, I I think Danny Cipriani is not just about that. I think there is more to him than just about pulling off that minute because I think he can run a game really well. But like you say, I 
I kind of get it. I personally would like to see it there, but I kind of get it. I don't think it's as drastically bad as as some people think. Um, it'll be interesting. Eddie's got a plan, and he's backing his plan. Good for yeah. him. Look, I, I think I, personally, I've thought for for some time now that and, Danny Cipriani uh, is the Danny, third choice. And I'm and I've heard a rumor that Danny Cipriani is uh, putting a dent in uh, Carol Vorderman. Really. That's that's a rumor I've heard. Interesting. It's uh, probably complete bullshit, but you know, I'm I'm happy to spread it and say it's factual. So let's let's stick with it. Sounds like a plan. Um, what else? Oh, so the the other big news, of course, is um, there's there's been more change because Brad Shields is injured, um, and and I think is, is he officially ruled out for the World Cup? So I, that, that that was kind of weird. I think he has to be, right? Because he's been sent home. But I think if there was a chance to play, I haven't seen anything saying he 100% won't be at the World Cup. But I don't think you send someone home. No, I agree. I think especially as there are other players in the training camp who are injured and in recovery. So I am backing, and I'm sticking by this, I am backing Don Brandt to make the World Cup squad and to be the star of it. Really? Yeah, I, I think Don Brandt has something a bit special. I just think the stars have aligned. I think he's going to get his little fat uni body into good shape and he's suddenly going to come up and just dominate and destroy. Awesome. Everyone will be like, who's, who's this guy? Like, <laughs> what, what's he doing here? And then he will just go take everyone by surprise. That is my that is my prediction. Nice. I like I like your prediction. I mean, look, we, we, we discussed um, our World Cup squad our 31 man squad and, and we kind of reached a point where we said we felt like it was between Shields and Cipriani do you take the extra forward or do you take the extra back we chose the Cipriani route clearly that's not going to happen but now Shields is out Cipriani obviously hasn't been called back in Don Brandt has do you feel therefore that Eddie has already made up his mind that he wants the extra forward and that therefore in terms of his 31 man squad he's going to be looking for that extra back row player and I guess in Don Brandt, you've got a number eight option, haven't you? I, I, I've, yeah, I, I mean, Brad, Brad Shields is a sit like Brad Shields, I think, was a fairly big part of Eddie's plan. Yeah. Um, so I think Don Brandt, him being replaced by Don Brandt, isn't a we just need someone else there for the numbers for training or something. I think Don Brandt now is a very real possibility uh, of being in that final World Cup squad. Very interesting. That that that's my prediction, and I think he's going to end up uh, just doing something a bit special. Well, I mean, I hope they all end up doing something. I hope, whoever he picks, let's hope they all bring something special uh, with them. It definitely, we've definitely got the uh, we've got the strength in depth. We've got who who, who would you ra- who would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, Shields or Don Brown? I, probably Shields simply because I think he's got that experience. Um, but Don Brandt has a bit more of the wow factor. Uh, or, or maybe it's not the wow factor. Maybe it's the kind of the unknown factor. You know, what he's done in a short space of time as a fairly, you know, well, I'm not fairly unknown uh, kind of entity makes it quite interesting. And, and like you, it's sort of like what you've just said, it's sort of, is he that that kind of wild card that possibly ends up doing something great? But I guess equally, there's that risk that you take someone like that along and he never features. 
because bottom line, when the when it comes down to choosing your team for the games, and it's especially if you, you know, if it reaches the point where it's knockout, it must win games. You, you know, bottom line is you're going. Nah, I don't know if I've actually got the the balls to take the chance. Yeah, I haven't figured out the back row yet. I'm not sure who's who's looking. I I think Tom Curry is looking the way he played in the Six Nations and stuff. I think he's looking good. Obviously, Billy. I don't know who he's thinking at six. I know we've said we'd like to see Underhill there, but I had no idea where Eddie's thinking. I think he was thinking. Are you forgetting somebody? Who am I forgetting? Well, who's been our six for the last? Oh, well, it's a Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I am forgetting someone. Um, yeah. So yeah, you've, right. you've got you've got Underhill and Curry who effectively cover seven, but we're saying it'd be interesting to see the two of them at six, covering six and seven. But you've got Wilson, who's a six, who's a specialist at six, and you've got Billy at the back. And then, yeah. and then, and then, of course, you've got your second row, who most most of whom are capable of covering back row. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of them in the back row. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you would pick them there. I'm thinking more about you know, in the event that things happen in the game, that un, you know, unexpected things happen in the game, and and who do you pick as your as your sub, you know, your, your cover. Yeah, yeah. When, when you've got that that ability to move people from the second row to the back row, if necessary, does that give you more options for other for covering other areas? Because you obviously can't cover every position. So I'm just not convinced that Don Brandt gets much of a look in um, if he does go. Purely because I just don't think he's been around long enough. But who knows? You know, superstars get found out of nowhere, don't they? So. The stars are aligned, my friend. The stars are aligned. Don Brandt is going to come on. He's going to neck a pint, score a try, and, uh, and neck another pint. Neck another pint, do a drop goal, and then uh, neck another pint. Win us for World Cup. Yeah, neck another pint. <laughs> a lot of pints are getting necked. Um, I want to say this is unusual for me. It's 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 a positive thing about Wales. Well, 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 well. I know, easy. I know, but I'm going to say it, okay? Because I feel like it. It reflects your favourite year for for English rugby. Um, no, our favourite year for English rugby until this year. Um, so Wales have kind of come out and and made a made a thing about saying that one of their kind of biggest goals, I guess, for this World Cup. Obviously, they want to win it, but uh, they want to be the fittest team because if you're the fittest team, you know, and we know how the rest of that story goes because it's everything that Clive Woodward said and everything that we agreed with from the 2003 World Cup. Yeah. Why is this having to be... One, why is it having to be said? And two, why is it not just being said by everybody? You know, why is Eddie not saying this is going to... You know, can can anybody argue with that sort of concept that if you're the fittest player in your position in the world, you're a lot closer to being the best? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I guess it's in a camp. I guess it's about what you probably want to do. And I'm sure they have done is have done a lot of that fitness before, because I guess it's about weighing up how much time do you spend absolutely beasting on that side compared to like tactics and game plans and that. So I guess like, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Kiwi Lions by Gatlin. I, it sounds like he's saying that there's going to be a huge emphasis on the fitness, whereas other coaches might be like, actually, we're fairly comfortable with our fitness. We're going to put more into our like tactical whatever. I don't, know, I don't think it's about not not focusing on other things, but surely everyone should be saying that 
you know, every player needs to be as fit as they can possibly be. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, yeah, you yeah. don't ever want to see players who don't look, you know, who you kind of look at and you think, well, you could have been a bit fitter for this. Like that, that in this day and age, in, in, in a professional sport and with the amount of money being thrown around, these guys should all be super. Now, maybe it's, maybe it's Eddie going, I don't need to say that because it goes without saying. So anyone who is saying it doesn't have much else to say. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's so weird because at that level, I think it's such fine margins. I, I because they're all obviously like incredibly fit. I, I think it literally is such fine margins, like that extra one percent. And I mean, yeah, fine. Say what you want, you fucking sheep shaggers. Um, no, I, I like the Welsh team are a threat, and that's why. So actually, whilst we're on this, and I'm going to diverse a bit. Did you see Argentina, New Zealand? I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. Argentina, yeah, <laughs> are, are not a Mickey Mouse team. I mean, this has been this has been kind of a, a thing for a little while now. Um, they've been getting better and better, and you know, Argentina historically do well in World Cups. Um, from an England perspective, the I guess the danger is that awful uh, old adage of which France will turn up, but. Um, you know, if if France turn up for this World Cup, I think are England in a in a group of death again? England have a tough group. There's two losable matches. I don't think we'll lose either one, but there are two matches. I think two. Um, if we assume we're we're going unbeaten. We've already said it till after the final. So we go through in in, in top spot. Who who do you back? France Argentina. or Argentina? Argentina. I think I do too. Argentina to go through second. If you look at what how the Haguares or whatever they want to Jaguars is what they're actually called, but everyone seems to want to call them Haguares or whatever. They obviously got to the final. That is basically the Argentinian team. I think I think they I think they're I think they're the toughest match in the pool. Do you think? I think so. I don't think France are there. Um I, th- I think it's one of those where it's one in ten, one in ten matches they're going to pull out one of those fucking ridiculous French games, which is lovely to watch as long as it's not against you. So um, France is our last game, right? So we open up with Tonga, then we've got USA, then Argentina, then France. I, I believe so. That, that, that sounds right. I, I don't. 100% so we get we, we want to get two strong wins in early doors. Um, we're not going to. We will. We're not going to be able to. Um, we're not going to be able to to kind of look at either of those games. I think as as you know, kind of dead rubber games where we can play sort of second string teams and things because it's the it's the, the opening of the World Cup. You need your big boys to to get some kind of exposure. Um, so we really want results to go the way that means that we then get a strong result against Argentina and potentially we can rest players against France because actually it doesn't matter if we lose. That's the that's the situation we want to end up in. So I haven't done the maths and worked it out, but I wonder what that means in terms of, you know, do we need we need some some sort of an upset, you know, one of the maybe like USA beats either France or Argentina. Um. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the situation that we need, isn't it? Where where we can lose and still go through at the top. Yeah, I mean, I mean, realistically, we're we not going to win lose. every game, I've already yeah. said we're, getting, we're obviously unbeaten to the final, but but in that situation, you can then 
rest some of your key players, uh, give them a week off before the knockout starts. That's the the dream. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's I actually when I first saw our games, I thought actually I quite like that. Now I'm not particularly liking it. If I'm honest, I, I'd, I'd rather a bit more I'd mixed. rather our last game be like USA or something to see you've got a bit a bit more downtime before you go into the knockouts. But equally, I guess you build into it. And I I think we'll win our ball games. But I, France are not concerning me too much because they've just been... Like, some of their decisions just baffle me. But Argentina, I think, are starting to look pretty useful. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is that Argentina seem to be quite good against Southern Hemisphere teams. But they they don't seem to be very good against Northern Hemisphere teams. I've well, just, I mean, I've, World Cups. I've pulled that particular fact out of my ass, but, you know, that's how I feel. Well, I like it, stay um, with it, yeah. But, you know, like the last time we had a run against Argentina, it was, it was we, we did them about four four games on the trot, and I think three of them were against a second string side or even a third string side during during the Lions tour. So, have they changed that much? Have they got that much better since then? And, it was, in, and it was in Argentina. So, I, yeah, I think they have. I think they have got a lot better. But I, I kind of get what you mean. They always seem to have loads of problems. But when we play them, we don't seem that uncomfortable. But I, I don't want to eat those words. When I saw... World carpets, anything can happen. Yeah, uh, and when yeah. I saw them against the All Blacks, I was like, oh, hello. Hello, it's what's probably, going on here, fellas? It's probably a good thing that we're going into it with a little bit of trepidation because if you look at you know, historically um, teams like New Zealand, best in the world, going into World Cups with you know a, a Japan that back then offered nothing, you know possibly even another team similar. They had a couple of games in, in their group where they're sticking a hundred points on them, um, and then suddenly they get into the, the knockout stages, and it's like they haven't had. The close game practice, and so they come unstuck. You know, we we kind of want to be going in, going, you know, thinking about every game as a. These guys are not as bad as they seem to, you know, as as you might think on paper. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be a, an easy run because you don't want anyone getting complacent in a World Cup. It has to be maintain the focus right the way through. Um. So yeah. I, I, I'm okay. I, I'm okay with the group we've got. I think it has, it, you know, it has the potential to cause upset. It has a, the potential to be a group of death, but maybe not for England, but for France or for Argentina. Well, it will be for someone, yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I, I don't think in our training camp. I'm intrigued. Our training camp. There seems to be little information coming out, doesn't it? The, the article I read the other day was. Uh, what were the three words they were going for, which kind of mean nothing, I guess, but preparation, choice, togetherness apparently is the theme for the World Cup. Well, I mean, that, that's not, that's not going to that too much. I mean, that can mean whatever the fuck you want it to, right? But it can... Uh, it seems like... It seems like that it is a good camp. It seems like there's a lot going on. It seems like they're working hard, but... It's also very quiet, and purely as a fan, I, I'd love to know more. Yeah, I mean, there are some good videos floating around. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, that uh, 
England rugby, I'm guessing, are, are doing them. Um, and it's kind of, in, you know, it, a look inside camp at some of what's been going on and, you know, both the, the training and, and kind of off the field stuff. Um, and it's it's been interesting. There was a whole there was a whole bit where they were learning Japanese. Um, you know, Eddie just saying it'll be really useful and for them to know certain phrases. So they're all there trying to, you know, learn how to introduce themselves, ask for certain things that they might need in Japanese. There's a bit where it shows them all watching the World Cup final, the cricket, um, and obviously reacting to the to that final run out that that secured it. Um, and I love that it, Japanese thing. I think that's I think that's really smart. Yeah, well, like I said last week, you know, we have an advantage in that, you know, Eddie Jones is like a national treasure in Japan. Um, so you know, he knows. You know, first and foremost, he knows the best places to be. You know, the best places to get away from it all. You know, he knows the best hotels to make life easy. Um, the best places to eat. Like you know, and. If Japan don't make it through to the knockouts, um, which statistically is unlikely, but you know if they don't, then you know the Japanese people are going to start following another team, and is that going to be the team that their national treasure Eddie Jones is coaching, or do they actually not like him anymore because he left? I don't know. You know no, do, do I, we... I think he's still. I think he's still a massive legend down there. So do we then become like the sort of honorary home team? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think. That might actually, I think, I think the Eddie factor does play, does play to our benefit. And, and the fact, like you were saying about like learning Japanese phrases, I think that's really smart. I'm, to be honest, I'm sure every team is doing it. But I, I think things like that, just day to day, if you don't have those like stresses or crap, you just know how to be like, right, get me a coffee or whatever it yeah, may exactly. be. Just, and I think it's just nice. It's, it's, I mean, like you say, I'm sure lots of other teams are doing it too. And we're not, we're just not seeing what they're getting up to, but um it's it's nice to see, and you know that's an example of some of the bonding that they're doing, the togetherness, the choice, and whatever other word you used. But um, but yeah, and the World Cup thing, it was there, there was this clip of them all sort of celebrating the win, and then Eddie Jones kind of immediately walking around in front of the TV and saying to them all, "That is a prime example of how close it can be, and how important you know those last five minutes are, you know, the, the kind of the fine margins that can that can turn a game." Um, and it, again, it was just—it was just quite nice to see. It doesn't surprise me, and it's obviously good to hear that they're all watching a bit of Love Island. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been quite. But if you haven't seen those videos, guys, try and I think you know they're floating around Facebook. Try and check them out. I think there's three, three of them out now, and they're they're about sort of fifteen minutes long each. So you get a decent look at what's going on in the camp. Um, you know, a little bit like living with the lions, except it's pre World Cup and throughout these training camps at 15 minutes at a time. Yeah, I, I think it'll be... Um, mate, I... I it, 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 it's interesting what's going on. But there's, there's stuff going on in the camp that... I So those videos, I know what you mean, and I did have a look, have a bit of a look at them. But if I'm honest, I thought they were very... Um, I thought they were very sort of... They, they held back a lot. Yeah, but you know, what are you going to give away? You don't, you, you, the, the no, no, I'm not are, saying that's a bad thing. You know, it just gives you a sense, doesn't it? It gives you a sense of what's going on. It gives you a sense of the of the players and the individuals. It gives you a sense of the way that they're bonding together. You know, all the people who are worried that Eddie Jones is all about individuals and and being a taskmaster. Um, but but the videos give you a sense that they are enjoying it at the same time as working hard, and and I think that's important and that's a good thing. 
And maybe that's another reason why Danny Cipriani isn't there anymore. Maybe he just, you know, the rumours that he doesn't get on that well with other people are true. And, and maybe that was evident. Yeah, I, there's something clearly missing. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that was the case. I, I don't think there's anything about, like, Danny Cipriani as a person. I just don't think the rugby he plays, not that it's, in my mind, it's absolutely genius. And I'm sure Eddie's not mugging it off, but I'm just, I, th- I think he's just missing what Eddie needs for his game plan, which, you know, hopefully we'll find out is absolutely fair enough. <laughs> but... It's one of those, isn't it, where, you know, if, if something goes wrong, it's like, well, it's Daniel Cipriani who wasn't taken. But if it goes right, it's like that was, you know, a stroke of genius. So it's hard to know. But the fact that Eddie clearly knows what he's doing, he's sticking to it. I, I'm, I am growing more and more confident by the day, my friend. As we should be, Dan, as we should be. Um, I mean, you can't get a lot more confident than saying two years out that England are going to win the World Cup and we're backing it so much that we're going to start a podcast in which every week we talk about the fact that England are going to win the World Cup. I mean, talk about egg on your face if it doesn't happen. Um, we'll have to come up with some... I don't know, maybe we'll just quickly change the uh, the name to um, you know England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that leaves England will win the World Cup in 2023. <laughs> which ironically is what, is what I did uh, in 2015 yeah the day we got knocked out it got changed anyway that's irrelevant because we are winning this one we've, we've said it from the start we've, we're half right with England having won a World Cup in 2019 and we just need to complete complete it and uh, you know and, and England's winning run continues with today's Test match victory at Lords against Ireland, which was looking a bit ropey for a while until they bowled Ireland out for 34 today. Um, I think that's the, the lowest score ever in an innings at Lords. Be surprised if they've many lower anywhere. But um, so yeah, England continue winning ways. Ashes uh, starts next week. The training camp continues. The the more importantly, the warm up games begin a couple of weeks time. Um. Just, just over two weeks, is it? Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I think it's there. And then the final squad's named, I think, a couple of days after that first game. So uh, some big weeks coming, Dan. And we're obviously going to, uh, we're obviously going to be bringing, bringing everyone the live episodes that we've had so much positive feedback on, because um, that's the only way to do an England game. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's, and it's just great that no one else has cottoned onto that and started doing it. So while the rest of the podcasts out there are saying the same things at the end of every game um you'll get you'll get our true our true feelings throughout the games as they happen um which just offers a slightly unique take on, <laughs> yeah, on yeah i quite i quite especially I in quite games like, like scotland like the scotland match where we yeah. just look like absolute morons at the end but i quite like that i feel like the scotland game should be re-released <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, I feel. I feel like it shouldn't, mate. Well, I, I, I heard it back like ages ago, but when I was listening to it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Cringing. I know. I was cringing and thinking, <laughs> "I know what's coming. I know what's coming." Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh no, I went for it. Oh, good, uh, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Um, we will be back next week. Probably just about ready to start talking. Teams, you know, the sort of the, the team we expect to see um, for the opening game against Wales, um, but we'll definitely be getting into 
game mode by then. So um, do tune in again next time. And as I always say, if you get the opportunity, we'd really appreciate it if you head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. If you want to reach out to us and ask questions, um, or let us know what you think on social media, it's at England Rugby Pod, or you can email us, englandrugbypod at gmail.com, and we will uh, do our best to answer any of your questions, read out your thoughts, and uh, and you know keep this as a bit of a community podcast, because that's what we're trying to do here. Um, so spread the word, tune in next week, and we'll catch you then. <laughs>